Welcome, YouTube creators, to the Tube Labs podcast, because you can't experiment enough or talk too much YouTube. Welcome, YouTube creators, to another edition of the Tube Labs podcast. It is great to have you here. In this show, we're going to talk about what happens. What should you do if your channel starts to fail? Maybe it, it's plateauing. Maybe it's not growing quite as fast, or maybe it is taking a deep dive in the other direction. Well, let's talk about that. Let's talk about maybe some of the causes and what we can do to reverse this trend. You know, I had an interesting conversation with Daryl Eves, well, actually an exchange in one of his groups, and he actually took a moment to take a look at my statistics related to my channel. And he shared some interesting information that I will also share with you that will maybe help us in that conversation about growing our YouTube channels. I also want to address, of course, I'll have news in a few moments, but I also want to address something else that I'm starting to see a little bit, and that is some of the YouTube educators kind of nitpicking on each other. And I, I'm not sure this is a good thing, but it very well may be expected considering there are more and more YouTube educators out there. And you may look at me and say, hey, maybe you're part of the problem too, Raj. <laughs> you know, another person. Well, I mean, I have a podcast. I think there's actually a void in the podcast space, although there have been a few new podcasts that have popped up. Nick Nimmin has started his podcast again, or he started podcasting again. He has podcasted in a few forms already. He now has his own show which he's calling comments over coffee, responding to comments on his show or common comments that he sees in the forums. And uh, so far, so good. He only has a few episodes out, but as we know, it takes a while for podcasts to get rolling. So I hope he keeps continuing to share that information. But there, there I still think there is a void of YouTube-related podcasts, and so that's why I stepped up. But let me get into that in, in my scenario in a moment. What I'm seeing is that some of the creators are starting to nitpick on each other, and as this space gets a little more crowded, that thing, that starts to happen. But I don't think that it is a helpful thing at all, to be quite honest. But also, you know, some people are saying, hey, well, this person has this much experience and this person doesn't have the right data and this person... Here's the thing. Every single one of us brings something to the table. If you have completed and uploaded a single video to YouTube, you have some expertise that other people do not have. Some people have never uploaded a video and don't even know where to start. And the person who has uploaded that video now has some information. Now, do some people have maybe better techniques or better processes? It's possible. There are certainly some people out there who have a lot of experience with the data, such as Daryl Eves or Matt Gillen. I mean, these guys have a ton of data and drive deep into it. Nick Nimmin has really focused his audience on those who are just kicking off their YouTube channel, giving them the basic information that they need to be successful. Brian G. Johnson has really taken a, a totally different direction in taking his experience on how to grow a channel well and what his experience is in that. Same with Daniel Bettel, who we just had on. We have 
people who have data, we have people who have experiences. There's so many ways to approach YouTube. As I often say to photographers, look, nobody has your eye. And it's true in the YouTube space. Nobody has your experience or your point of view or your approach. And everybody is going to have a different experience on YouTube. Sometimes understanding the data thoroughly is going to get you there. Sometimes having a narrow niche and truly understanding the audience is the right way to go. And certainly Daryl Eves would agree with that. Matt Gillen, he's going to give you some insight on maybe how long your videos should be. And Tim Schmoyer is certainly going to push the point that you need to get people through 50% of your video on to the next one. And not only that, don't focus on search. Not that he's against search, but he says don't focus on search. Where Nico Kaminsky is going to say, hey, search is a good place to be, especially if you want to trigger the other algorithms. My point being is everybody is bringing something to the table. Some people are more theory. Some people are more into the data. Some people combine different elements into their own approach that works for some and not for others. Although I don't consider myself one of the top YouTube educators. Hey, maybe someday, but not right now. I bring different tools to the table. Yes, I have experience uploading well over a thousand videos but I bring the opportunity to share information through a skill that I do have, which is podcasting and my love of YouTube. My experience with engaging with those top YouTube educators, interviewing them. I've learned a lot from that. I've experimented with their ideas and I can share with you what has worked and what has not worked for me. Although some of those ideas that may not have worked for me have worked for others. And that's the thing. We all bring something to the table. And you, as a consumer of the ideas, no matter who that educator is, you have to decide which of them will resonate best for you. Who is speaking to you? And you can't listen to every single one of the educators. You can't watch all of the videos. But you can pick a few. Maybe with some diverse backgrounds. Maybe some are more data-driven and some are more theory and audience-driven or maybe offering you the information on equipment and accessories that you need for success. Well, I'd like to hear your thoughts about this as well as what's coming up in the news here. 646-397-6741 is the call-in line and you can call and leave a message and I can put that message on the podcast. And it can be a question or a statement, whatever you wish to do. Again, just leave a message and off we go. And of course, if you haven't already, please leave a review or comment on your podcast player of choice, especially iTunes, because that really does help us get found by other YouTube creators to help build our community. When it comes to the news in YouTube over the last week, the biggest topic certainly is the changes coming for YouTube kids' channels and enforcing the idea that channels that are targeting children, kids under 13 years old, well, they're not appropriate for YouTube. YouTube 
is a platform for the 13-year-old or older. Now, obviously, that has kind of slipped. That has been a gray area over time. And there's a lot of information out there. And I don't want to speculate too much. YouTube has released some information about what's going to happen, especially in the new year. However, they have an agreement with the Federal Trade Commission, and they've paid a substantial fine. And it sounds like some of the key creators have also been hit. Uh, Ryan Toy Review, if you're familiar with that channel, which is one of the big, big children's kids' channels, review toy review channels, if not the biggest one, I'm, I think it is. Wow, they, they are, they're in trouble too because of who they are targeting. And you're not supposed to target and take and gather information about children's data. And so that's where a lot of that is coming from. And this is why YouTube is implementing all of these new things that will deeply affect people's channels who are who've made a lot of money. Not only made money, but have teams and staffs that have helped support that channel or a network of channels. And so we'll see where that goes. There's going to be more information. There's a lot online to read. You can head on over to the YouTube blog for some of the updates that they have been releasing. And of course, a lot of opinions out there. Now, there's more and more coming at YouTube for sure. Advertisers, you know, now they have the government as well as advertisers on either end of them. You know, advertisers are concerned about where their ads are being placed. And some of them have been next to terrorist propaganda videos in the past. Let me stress in the past. Maybe it happens a little bit today, but not like it was. And there's even some reports I saw from the BBC where, you know, fake cancer cures were being advertised next to legitimate health videos. So, you know, the thing is, there's always a different angle. And believe me, I'm sure if you had to deal with all of these fires that are coming at you, you would probably go kind of nutty. And so we have to give YouTube time. They certainly don't uh, get it right every time. That is for sure. However, we do have to recognize that they have a lot of stuff coming at them from many directions. And honestly, you know, the Wild West of the Internet, although it's been around for quite a while, the the rules are continuously changing and we're still adapting to this new online world that's still evolving. We're still trying to figure out what the rules should be, especially when it comes to people's privacy. As someone who uses that data for advertising, yeah, I want more data. I want accurate data. I want to be able to target the right person, but people have the right to their own privacy too. And that is the conflict between the viewer, the advertiser, and the platform, the technology platform that is sharing these videos. And over time, we will get more and more clarification. Rules and laws will continue to be established through the years. But as we start with this FTC ruling, our agreement between YouTube and the government, we will start with our children's privacy. With all that said, if you have a children's related channel or are thinking about creating one, you definitely might want to pivot, especially before the new year, 
and uh, get the new direction going that will comply with all of the new regulations that are kind of popping up everywhere. Now for the rest of us, we're just trying to get our channel off the ground or we're trying to get a plateaued channel moving again or maybe just uh, wonder why we're tanking. What's happening here? Well, there are many reasons behind all this. And believe me, I look, every YouTuber, every person who has a YouTube channel suffers at some point and wonders what's going wrong. And one of the basic things that often happens, we have you know, a video that kind of latches onto a trend or maybe it is like the perfect complement to another video that's really strong and our, our channel grows and it grows and then one day it stops. And that stop quite often has to do with the fact that maybe that other channel became a little bit out of favor. Maybe there's another channel. The one that was sending all that traffic to you is now not in the top spot. Maybe it's been pushed down, demoted for any reason or just stopped sharing your video. Maybe there's another video that became better as a suggested video. These things happen all the time. And just a little bit of a ranking adjustment can be a big difference because quite often it's just a few videos that drive our YouTube channels. And so what I would recommend that you do is take a look and see where that change has occurred. Don't just say, oh, all my views have dropped. Well, where have they dropped? From what video, from where to where? And if you don't know what they are now, take a look and see what videos are suggesting your videos the most. And then you can make note of those channels and maybe one, create more videos that would support that other channel that is supporting you right now and that you could get referred by more videos from that channel. But just knowing where that traffic is coming from can be helpful when you're trying to figure out where the traffic went. So that's really important. One thing that I have trouble with as I grow my YouTube channel, and my channels, I have a few channels and they're growing, but I tapped on the shoulder of Daryl Eves the other day when I was in his group and he was kind of chatting with just a few of us that were in the group. More and more people are going into his new Discord group. and But I had the opportunity because I was there early and the room was a little empty and he, you know, he was open to sharing some ideas and took a look at my statistics. And, you know, he pretty much shared what it was I already knew. My, my question really has been, how can I trigger more suggested videos. And I have some ideas. And actually, uh, Nico Kaminsky over on the Morning Fame channel has been sharing some really interesting information over there in his algorithm series. So I, I might check that out if I were you, if that's something that concerns you. But, you know, Daryl was pretty straightforward. See, looking at your statistics, all of your traffic is coming from your fans. Okay, great. Thank you. I understand that. <laughs> I get that. And I'm not I'm not downplaying um, what, what uh, Daryl was saying. Of course, he's just stating the facts. You need to, basically what he was saying, you need to increase your click-through rate. If you want more suggested videos, you need to be able to bring in more people to that video and get a higher click-through rate. Basically saying double at least is what he said, my click-through rate. Because I'm looking at my videos 
and the people who watch my videos pretty much watch them 50, 75% all the way through. And I'm like, well, then why isn't YouTube sharing? Isn't that a question we all ask ourselves once in a while? Why isn't YouTube recognizing my greatness? And, and that is why we all struggle. We wonder why is that? It, it, look, it really does come down to the competition that you're faced against. You, you could be doing better than a friend of yours that maybe has a little bit different channel. It, maybe YouTube recognizes your channel and kind of places it in this group and the competition there is much better than your friend who is dealing with a different category or niche. You know, the thing is the click-through rate right now, if you already have really good retention, if your retention is good and people are getting through 40, 50, 60, 70% of your video regularly, then what you need to do is focus on that click-through rate. It's, it's really what it comes down to. And, and I knew that, but I was thinking, you know, by asking him this question, that maybe there's just one other little thing there. Because I think I'm doing a pretty good job with my click-through rates, but obviously they need to be a lot better. And certainly, as he mentioned, those click-through rates come down as it becomes promoted more and more. I had a video that kicked off, and now that we have real-time click-through rates, did you know that? Yeah, that's now engaged, I think, and for many of us, both of my channels have it, so I'm, I'm going to assume most of us have it now. You can see early on what those click-through rates are, and it's going to be really high. It's probably going to be the highest then. Now, I have seen click-through rates improve over time as YouTube finds a better audience for you. It does happen once in a while, but generally your highest click-through rates are at the very beginning, then it slowly goes down. And I had a click-through rate in the beginning of 11.5%, which is pretty darn good. Although Daryl Leaves was saying, hey, I have a lot of my channels that I work with start off with that original audience at 18 to 40%. Wow, that that's something to think about. If you're sitting there thinking about, okay, I have a 2% click-through rate and I need to get to 4 He's talking about 18 to 40%. Now that video proved its point to me very clearly because yes, it started off at 11.5% and slowly worked its way down. And a lot of my videos end up sitting at maybe six, 8% in the first few days. It kept going, it, it did get more impressions. And that's really what I was asking Daryl, how can I get more impressions? His answer was get a better click-through rate and I did. And I got over 11%, and now it's gotten a lot more impressions. But guess what? The click-through rate is now down to 4.5%. So as YouTube puts your video out there, that click-through rate is going to go down. And chances are, so is your retention rate. So it's not that, and this is this is the issue that I have to deal with with many of my, my videos and my channel. Yes, my audience treats me well. My audience likes my videos. But when YouTube tries to share that video outside of your core audience, the people who have raised their hand and said, yes, I want notifications. Every time I see something on my home feed and they see your face or your logo and they click on it because they want more, those people are treating you well in the beginning. But the people who really don't know who you are, they're not going to treat you quite as well. 
and those retention rates and click-through rates go down quickly. And that, that is the point in which YouTube says, okay, I, I can, I've shown to a little more audience and these numbers are not holding up compared to the competition. So that's what we have to do is try to get those click-through rates as high as possible by creating really interesting topics, creating great titles and the thumbnail that just gets people excited when they see it. It grabs their attention and tells them what that video is about. It's related to that title. Not exactly. It doesn't have the exact same words or anything. In some cases, no words. Every niche is different, and we need to understand that we may be loved by our core group if we have a hundred subscribers or a thousand subscribers or a couple thousand subscribers they like us and they're giving us 50 60 100 views but when youtube is going to take you to the big time the real question is does your video hold up the whole element every piece of that video hold up the click-through rate as well as the retention and quite honestly you can have a poor retention rate video that has a tremendously good click-through rate and it be a winner. And there are situations that maybe your click-through rate has come down a lot, maybe to 1%. And that may be the case of YouTube seeing enough signals as it related to that video. Or maybe it just was a perfect niche or topic that YouTube didn't have enough videos to send people to. Maybe there was a trend. That's quite often how trends happen. There are not enough videos for a topic in which people are interested in. So even videos that are not the best but were early to the game rise to the top quickly. So they get a lot of impressions and even views However, the average click-through rate gets totally trashed, and in some cases, even and quite often, even the retention rate. So there are many ways to approach this, and honestly, trends can be can be good if 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 it's trending within a niche of people that are really your audience. That can really help you a lot, and sometimes trends can be hurtful because your channel now is getting a bunch of subscribers, people who really don't care about your regular content. So there's a number of ways to look at this. So if I had one main takeaway to start with to help your channel, definitely look at the topics, look what's working, maybe switch some things up with your titles and your thumbnails. Try a totally different look. Start from scratch and maybe testing new styles out. Freshen up your page. Take a look at the types of videos that have done well and look at the style of those videos. Is there a certain style that people really liked? Or maybe there's a style that people have gotten tired of and you need to switch some things up and test new things out to get that flow and that energy and excitement back to your channel once again. Take a look at the design of your header as well as your avatar, your profile picture. How does it relate to the channel today? Is the channel that you are developing today the same as yesterday? And does that banner 
relate to the types of videos you are creating today. Sometimes that is not the case. We over time evolve, but we don't update the art and the supporting elements as it relates to our channel and videos. And I've noticed, I've noticed a little pop, especially with subscribers, when I change my banners. Interestingly enough, I, I don't know why. Um, it, sometimes it levels off, but I, I've noticed this happening quite often. So much so that I think, oh, I finally got what was missing and then it levels off maybe in a month. <laughs> so I start getting a lot more subscribers and then it levels off in a month. So, you know, it's I, I don't think YouTube is specifically doing anything, but maybe that banner is now attracting enough people in a different way or a different group of people. I, I don't know. I don't know. But I have noticed when you make these changes and adjustments on the video, the way you present the video, all these elements, it really can help you. It can also hurt you if you make a wrong decision. So you need to be ready to put that old banner back up, which I have, which I have done before. Another thing you can do if you don't have a tool such as TubeBuddy is switch out your thumbnails. Maybe look at the click-through rate after 24 hours. I asked Jeremy Vest this question the other day in one of the Facebook forums, and he suggested that for his channel, and you have to remember it's different for every channel, and that should be very clear. However, for his channel, if he's not getting a 6% click-through rate, then he's going to switch out and try a different thumbnail. Now, you can A-B test thumbnails with TubeBuddy and hopefully with YouTube in the near future, hopefully near future. I know they're testing it. They've been testing it, the ability to A-B test for quite a long time within YouTube itself. And A-B test means half the people see one thumbnail, the other half see another thumbnail, and you can see which one gets the higher click-through rate. Now, I only do this and many others only do this after a video has been around for a while, say maybe for a month. And now it's time to see if you can improve that click-through rate. That's a good way to go. And that's a good way to experiment. I think in the beginning, when you first launch a video, there are some issues in terms of how the algorithm recognizes the velocity of your new video. And I think that's why a lot of people don't do the A-B testing in the very beginning. But some people in the first 24, 48 hours, and I've done that, I've even changed the headline if I thought it wasn't resonating with people in the first 24 to 48 hours. But the TubeBuddy tool, we definitely wait for down the road. It'll definitely be a fine day when YouTube, if YouTube releases that ability within the platform. I would say that is only second to the day they gave us the click-through rates on our thumbnails, which we enjoy that information today. And not only that, we can enjoy the real-time click-through rate that we have now to give us a better sense of what is working and what is not. Now, don't get too excited in the very beginning. Give it some time to mature, because remember, at the very beginning, it's those people, those big-time fans of yours that are coming in at the beginning, and so you're going to see a really high click-through rate in those first few hours, and then it will level off over time. So that's why waiting for 24 hours is a good idea to try a different thumbnail that might resonate 
with more people. Thinking out loud, I wonder if Jeremy Vest would come on this show. I should I should ask him. Hey, next week we have Brian G. Johnson as he is headed towards that magical, well, silver play button of 100,000. And he's been doing this by sharing some really good, insightful information as it relates to growing a YouTube channel. So I am looking forward to sharing that interview with you. I'll talk to you next week on the Two Blabs Podcast. The Two Blabs Podcast is hosted at the 2blog.com.